Good morning, Patriots, and welcome to the Patriots Prayer Podcast. I told you in the last episode we did with these two that it was going to be something you never heard before. I guarantee you, I know I delivered on my promise. The things that they're talking about, you're not hearing on another podcast. Now, Nate Kane is, like I said, he is a candidate for Congress in West Virginia. This is an America first guy who cares so much about the country and so much about doing what's right. And his convictions come from God. That is exactly who West Virginia needs representing them. We need another voice like that in Congress, period, for the entirety of the United States. So, guys, I beseech you. I got his uh, link in the bio uh, or the description of this uh, podcast. Go down there, $10, $20, whatever you can give. This guy's up against special interest groups. He's up against lobbyists. If you really complain that all you have in in the White House right now, all you have in Washington is a bunch of bought and paid for politicians that don't actually represent the people, we'll do something about it, folks. Here's a guy who actually would. So reach into your purse, reach into your bank account, pull out your debit card, $10, $20, folks. You, it's not a lot to you or me right now in the scheme of things, but... It's a lot when you get it from a lot of people. It goes a long way. And this guy really is out there fighting the good fight. So with that said, folks, let's go ahead and jump into part two. And it's going to be as explosive as part one. And it doesn't get any better than what I'm doing right now, guys. We are working on another interview uh, coming out with a third FBI whistleblower. That should happen in the week to follow. Uh, I'm not going to say his name right now because we're working out the details and that sort of thing, but we're already in communication, but it's someone you know. So uh, guys, look forward to that because I look forward to that. I actually can't wait. He's somebody that I've wanted to talk to for quite some time. So uh, we're working on that and we'll bring that to you as soon enough. But do us a favor, folks. I don't care what uh, uh, you're, how you're hearing us or how you're watching us on the Patriots Prayer, but it, go check out our other platforms where we're at and follow us everywhere, guys. Follow us on Twitter. I need you guys supporting me on every platform. It is so important. Twitter, YouTube, Rumble, Truth, um, everywhere there is a social media presence, everywhere there is a podcast, and... Quick update. We are now on Apple iTunes. We've been approved. Our podcast is being shown or being played rather on Apple iTunes podcast. So, uh, you can find us there too. So we really appreciate the support you guys have given us. Uh, you can also support us by supporting our sponsors. And we just got a couple of new really cool sponsors. And so cool, in fact, I think I'm going to be doing an entire show dedicated to a couple of the products that one of my sponsors has because they're that revolutionary. That revolutionary. Imagine being able to never have to buy laundry detergent ever again in your house and saving money on the energy bill at the same time because you don't have to use hot water. That's one of the products. So uh, I'm going to put a link in the description for that as well. It's called Laundry Pure 2.0. Take a look at it when you get an opportunity. But before all that, guys, went down too many rabbit holes. Let's jump right into the podcast, and I'll talk to you after. 
He had no. no backbone to do it. And he turned on Trump and it was so heartbreaking to watch, you know, when he couldn't sure even, was. when he, when he's sitting there for four years with the guy and, and you're attacked as much as he is. And you know, the truth of what's going on behind the scenes, you're there. So when you're asked, Hey, would you pardon him from these fake uh, indictments and all these things that are happening to him? You know, that should have been the easiest. Yes. Everyone on that panel that said, yes, that wasn't even sitting next to him. Don't know half of what Mike Pence knows being a part of that administration. And yet he couldn't just come up and just give an equivocal, not equivocally, just yes, absolutely. Without thinking about it. And then, so I, I, I was a lot harder on Pence for one reason. He continually stated he's a Christian. Yep. And so for that reason, that's the one thing. And the one reason why I was harder on him than I was on everyone else. And then, and then DeSantis was next because betrayal is to me, it's high crime treason to me when you betray uh, people that helped you and, and got you to where you are. But Pence sitting on that stage and then and making all of those off the cuff remarks about uh, Trump as if he's not talking about himself in the process just didn't even make any sense to me. And DeSantis and, and Tim Scott, I mean, I thought Tim Scott was completely a very presidential guy. I saw him on The View and I saw him handle those women and in and, and the way he conducted himself. I was like, wow, this guy's very presidential. And then, you know, then all of the, you know, undertones of, uh, uh, you know, the Ukraine war and how uh, how he felt about Trump started slowly coming to the surface in the debates. Um you know, it just it's just sad to see that we really beyond Trump when these and I believe he'll be president. I don't know what they'll do and uh, toward when we get to the, the last leg of that race, what they'll try to do in order to stop it, because they're in a frenzy right now. They they, they are. I don't I don't really put anything past them. You know, I, I don't I, I don't see how they win any case that they have out against them right now. Um, the, I do have some concerns about some of these states, you know, trying to keep them off the ballot. But. You know, Very ultimately, so. the ultimately the Supreme Court is going to have to step in and and do something, and so that's, that's what's going to happen, gonna... David. That's that's the thing that'll kick off your prediction right there. If they throw Trump off this ballot, that's I think right. that what happens in this country is people are going to realize that we don't have with the optics of uh, the illusion of freedom and free choice and uh, law and order and all that go away. And what happens is the 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 socialist you know communist masks of you know, people behind the scenes pulling the strings that comes off. We see you now. And when people see them, I don't think that the United States has seen any the same way anymore from that point forward. If they kick Trump off the ballot, <laughs> I really I think that people are going to be up in arms. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you hear this all the time. The politicians always say the next election is the most important one, really but I is. really do think that the next election could quite possibly be the most important one. To the point, I'm even gambling. Is it going to go through? I mean, I've never, that's, never that's in my entire existence in America did I ever question an election was going to go through. I'm actually debating whether next year's election is going to go through smoothly. That right there, that doubt in my mind is very abnormal. This is not what we should have. We should have 99.9% of the citizens. I mean, if we are going to have a democracy, our electoral system, our elections have got to be safer than what we want to do, uh, you know, uh, yeah. going to these foreign wars and protecting other countries. If we can't protect our electoral system, 
we don't have a democracy anymore. Yeah. yeah. And if they throw away the Electoral College the way they keep talking about throwing it away or even trying to make D.C. a state, uh, either way, the balance of power is just thrown completely off the rails. Um, they continually make that argument with D.C. about no uh, uh, taxation without yep. representation. But if they really want to argue that no taxation without representing Nate being a, a, a candidate yourself and, and, and most likely going to win. Um, you know, I'll put that out there prophetically for you. Um, it's, I, I argue the reverse must be true too. Meaning if you say no taxation without representation, what about no representation without taxation? If you didn't put in on this, (laughs) how in the hell are you going to get a vote? You're just going to vote to continue to keep getting your entitlements and, and your other, you know, this sort of thing. How do you feel about that? Is that just crazy? Is that radical or am I onto something? Well, I definitely feel like uh, one of the problems that we have is we get taxed multiple different ways and nobody seems to be addressing that. The fact that you got to pay all these fees, you know, uh, to the federal government for everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, in many ways we're getting, you know, taxed and, you know, double taxed and triple taxed. Uh, one of the worst things that uh, was done, in, in my opinion, was the way that they changed the laws uh, to tax on, uh, you know, put a tax on cryptocurrency it clearly was done in order to, you know, basically uh, stop, uh, you know, people from investing and uh, trading. Uh, How you do know, you feel you can, about the 16th Amendment in general, Nate? Was it truly ratified? Is the IRS a legal entity or was Ron Paul right? I, I would be 100% for abolishing the IRS. Why do we need them? And why should they have guns? Oh, yeah. You know, that's, why, that's, why, why? That one. Why does the IRS need ammunition and guns? Mm -hmm. That seems a little off to me. So the U.S. Treasury, uh, you know, they 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 could do everything that the IRS does. And then as far as uh, enforcing the law, again, we have law enforcement for that. We don't need, you know, a a, uh, you know, federal agency, uh, you know, that that has armed individuals to come after us. The the IRS, I feel. Are are the are are the police officers the agents of the foreign banks? They don't answer to our judges. They they matter of fact, they don't even need warrants to 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 take your paycheck or well, you know. Now assets. that you mentioned that, I mean, we have let's let's talk about that. You know, what is our national debt? Thirty three trillion, right? Thirty four trillion, something like that. Uh, where where who owns that money? Because it's not the United States. So so uh, again. Um, I think you're right. I think that they're actually acting in the interest of these foreign nations uh, that we owe money to, not uh, acting in the interest of the American people. Mm-hmm. And uh, and again, on that issue of you know borrowed debt, um, when we have to borrow money from other countries, why are we giving foreign aid? Right. Because aren't we just borrowing the money to give it to the Ukraine or even? And, and I love Israel and support Israel, but my love for Israel and my support for Israel to have the right to defend themselves uh, does not include us borrowing money to give to them to fight their war. I don't so understand I, in some cases why money even comes into the equation. In I, some I, cases. Agree. I don't even understand why all of a sudden you can win the war because I gave you uh, a half, uh, you know, hundred million dollars. Now the war changes. Like, are you not, did you just take a break and you're not, so your soldiers don't want to fight anymore. I don't understand in some cases why money is the, is the difference between winning and losing a war. 
Well, uh, look at what's going on in the in the Ukraine. Um, you know, they received uh, I think it was three hundred billion dollars of the monies that they received was unaccounted for. And when they started looking into it, they found that uh, there were lavish vacations and apartments and sports AIG and style. Yeah. And this, I'll tell you, and this could spark why American citizens one day, just like a revolutionary war, they're not going to pay taxes anymore. They've lost. The, uh, it's already happening. Our, yeah. We're, we're, I, you know, we're spending our tax money, uh, you know, overseas and this and that, and you want more from us. Be very careful. I've got a story with my taxes, why I don't pay tax anymore. Most people don't know. America is the only careful, country on Careful, this is Earth. going out on the internet. You don't want to admit to any more crime. No, I'll tell you, it's already out in the book. Most Americans so. don't know, but look at this, how just treasonous this country is. America is the only country in the world that taxes worldwide income. So even if you're not living in America, you're not living in America and you're living in another country, yeah. you still have to pay American tax. I'm in China. Double I'm working tax. for the boat. I'm working for the Boeing company. Obviously, I got everything's automated too. You work for the Boeing company. It's not like everything's automated. I have to pay Chinese tax. It's, you know, and then what's your tax United, system like over there? Not to slow you down, but I, I'm, I'm curious. What do you what mean? The in, tax in, in, well, Hong, Hong Kong is really nice. Hong Kong has got a flat what's the tax, tax rate. 15 percent. Okay, yeah, fifteen percent. Now, mainland's different. The point was, is my wages were garnered garnered without my control by the United States government. I mean, I'm not even getting paid in U.S. dollars. I'm getting paid in renminbi. They garnered back to America. So you're going to you're gonna take my tax money and bring it back to America, but I'm not welcome to come back to America. I mean, I could go off on that tangent, but it is something that is unique with America. It's the only country in the world that taxes you on your, on, you still have to pay American tax, even if you don't even live in America and you make no income source from America. So David, very- I, let me, what would happen to you, in your opinion? What do you think would happen? You, 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 you board a flight tomorrow to come back to the United States, and and your what do you think is, yeah. is so, what occurs? So the problem is, is now that I've written the book, and the book again, I I didn't get any authorization from the FBI to do it because they wouldn't talk to me. You know, as I was trying to talk to them about the investigation. So, so the point is, is now there could be other things. Notice I'm saying a lot about civil war and and and, and collapse were uh, before i was a private individual this happens on the news all day long people assume that there may be some conflict of civil war the eventuality of or any of that these these are not new things or new well, revelations but, but, that, the thought, but the but the point is is our tax money pay for the fbi why should i even have to guess i've reached yeah. out to the fbi formally it's all it's all uh documented why do I have to get, why shouldn't they earn their paycheck and respond to me or a congressman and senator? But we shouldn't, as a U.S. citizen, I shouldn't have to be wondering what would they do. You know, I've reached out to them and, and they should they should be responding to me. Well, just so that Nate understands your story here, since I have both of you here, um, and, and I don't want to put words in your mouth. I do remember exactly the situation. Explain to Nate uh, exactly why all this happened. You had a relationship that was... They they deem no, and, and, and that's what I'm saying. We 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 don't know what what I could say is, and and I've written a book about it. But I let's just pose this to the American public. I'm an American citizen, military veteran. Why am I not welcome back to America? And that's the key. And I break that down. I'm detained, searched, interrogated, spied on, humiliated, and physically assaulted while I'm there. This is huge. The FBI knows about it. The congressmen and senators. I mean, I get treated better in a foreign country and I go through what happened to me. And, and, and you know, you and, you know, from from the time I, I arrived and went through it, 
That was formally presented to the FBI because you start at the lowest level. So, and this is documented. So I had a meeting in Beijing with the FBI legat and the ALAT. It's all documented. And I went to him face to face. I know you're spying on me. Stop. Level whatever allegations you have to me. But to the American public, this is how crazy it is. Could you imagine the FBI spying on a U.S. citizen? They go to your neighbor. They ask about you. They go to your boss, ask about you. They go to the, these are damages that get done. You know, this happened in eight as well. This happened. The same thing happened in eight as well. Then all of a sudden you, through your own sources, you want to keep it confidential. I want to keep it confidential. They're spying on me. Then you go to the FBI field office. You knock on their door and say, listen, you little boys, you little girls, I know you're spying on me. Level the allegation. And you know what the FBI says? No comment. They don't talk to you. But then they continue to spy around. This is not. This is the most un-American. You don't do that. I mean, I I cannot imagine. And so, and and like I said, if they would have just stayed in America, which is horrible, I would have never went back to America. I, you know, this is not what I want to do. I still want to go back visit family friends, but I would I would have stopped. Then they go overseas. And they start talking to foreign. And and again, this is what we would do in America. If I, I said this story before, Eddie, if the French intelligence agency contacted the FBI in America and they said, listen, we have a French citizen in America. We want to know what he's doing. Who's his contacts? Who's this? We'd have to launch an investigation immediately on the French mm-hmm. national. After we launch an investigation, if we find nothing he's doing wrong, like me, I wasn't doing anything wrong overseas. Because if I was, I'd probably be arrested. I mean, you got to use common sense. So we find nothing wrong with the French citizen. But we're like, then why is the French intelligence aid? We would probably say, don't say anything to the French citizen. Cancel his work visa, persona non grata, and kick him out. And he was. And I will release the details about that. That was the impetus that said, no more. Because I can't hide from him overseas. I'm, not, I'm unemployed. You can imagine the anger I had. And so I think to the American citizens, we shouldn't have to be guessing what they would do or this, meaning it's like, it's like, why am I chasing the FBI? They, they, they should now level the allegations to me or, or say something, but you just can't take an American citizen, detain, interrogate, humiliate, assault, uh, deceive, and covertly. I was on covert surveillance and I caught him. This is not America. What are we turning into? I again, I get treated better in foreign countries. Some people are like, you know, why don't you want to come back to America? I literally get treated better in foreign countries than my own uh, country. But I shouldn't be doing a guessing game. They should. For- they should now. You're forced to, to sign papers at the end of the barrel of three guns, if I remember. Oh yeah, that that was ridiculous in, in terms of that. And like I said, I didn't even get a chance to read what I was signing. So I don't know what it is. I don't know this, but I could tell you, I didn't want to sign because I was at the airport. I just wanted to fly. I was going to Boston to start my Harvard program. I just wanted to leave. I, they forced me, you could say, detain me into a conversation. This is not how we treat American citizens. It's just ridiculous. Nate was poisoned multiple times. Uh, Nate would talk about, uh, it, it, it touching some, uh, uh, powdery substance that was on a, a surface and, Immediately going into AFib, his son was, uh, they were trying to set up his son for receiving nude photos from someone they try to term to be underage, but it, it was most likely the, the FBI themselves well, doing extortion. this. Yeah, it was an extortion scheme. And, and the reason why at first I just thought maybe it was just random or whatever, but 
you know, and I, and I looked at my son's text messages and, you know, he's, he's got autism and he was on a dating site for adults and some girl sent him naked pictures or a naked video or whatever. And he, he responded back to her, why are you sending this to me? I, I don't want mm. that. I just want to be friends. And I looked at his text. I saw what his text said. And I said, just delete them then. Because what happened was after this girl sent it, then he gets this phone call on his phone from some guy claiming to be the girl's father. And, you know, and saying that, you know, you know, you know you're going to you're going to go to jail and all this kind of stuff. So I end up, uh, uh, you know, eventually I get on the phone. I tell the guy, look, uh, you know, my son didn't do anything. He's deleted those photos. Uh, I've looked at the text messages and it says very clearly that he told her he didn't ask for it. He, and he told her he didn't want them. And uh, the guy kept pressing the, you know, the whole thing. And uh, so finally, I told the guy, you know, uh, you need to hang up because right now the only person that's committed a crime here uh, is your daughter mm. and uh, who he was claiming was 16 years old and was, you know, underage. Uh, mind you, she's on a website where she lied and said she was 18 years old to be on. Well, well what most people won't realize is in that story, they have to be able to they had to have been monitoring your son's online presence to even be able to put someone in a position well, it, to set him up. And, and it gets, and it gets worse than that. So, so eventually he calls my son back and harasses my son to the point where my son, you know, tried to take his life because he thought that, you know, he was going to be arrested and, and, you know, and embarrassed, you know, his family and all of this. And I'm pissed of course. And so I, you know, I, I end up, you know, yelling at this guy over the phone, telling him, don't you ever call me again you know, or, or I will go after you. And I end up uh, leaving. We, we leave the state. We come to, you know, uh, West Virginia. And while I'm here in West Virginia, I get a phone call on my new phone number, which isn't even listed. Wow. And it's some guy claiming he's with some Interpol, you know, anti-trafficking unit or whatever, and claiming that, you know, I need to call this, this uh, girl's father or whatever. And, you know, and work something out. And I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. First of all, how did you that's get the extortion number? you're talking about? They were yeah. trying to get you to shut and up. I said, how, how did you get this number? And, and what is there to work out? I, and then I, I asked the guy, is this some sort of extortion scheme? Because I got nothing to say to you. And, you know, you can go pounce and I used a few, uh, you know, a few uh, flowers. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, guys, uh, you know, I, I, before we get any further into that, I need to take a quick little break here for the sponsors and, uh, Oh, we're going to get right back to it. Don't go anywhere. And just like it says, use the code Patriot and you get an additional 10% off all your purchases at Redemption Shield. So uh, right as we were getting out of here, uh, it went on break. Uh, conversation was heating up, but I wanted to get to some of what what I was talking about earlier with David. David was uh, talking about uh specific laws and that sort of thing is it is nsa uh excuse me national security uh kind of trumps constitutionality in some cases and that sort of thing but he had an instance of something that he explained to me on the last podcast where his electronic devices were taken as he was entering the country with no warrant and they could just go through explain please have you noticed the ever alarming 400,000 cell towers that have gone up in the United States alone? How about the electronics that reside in every room of our homes and Wi-Fi that runs 24-7? 5G cell phones are carried in our pockets hours on end. Common complaints are ringing in the ear, sleep deprivation, palpitations, headaches, memory loss, and so much more. Redemption Shield is on the cutting edge of offering products that protect your family from electromagnetic and microwave radiation, from Faraday bags, earthing bed sheets, 
Wi-Fi router covers, hats, scarves, bed sanctuaries. This will not be going away anytime soon. We will continue to see only faster speeds, 6G, 7G, and more exposure to EMF than any time in our history. Start protecting yourself now. Go to RedemptionShield.com and get grounded and shielded today. Use code PATRIOT and save 10%. Okay. So again, and I write in the book, I always think leadership 101, if you come with a problem, at least come with a solution. So we talked about the FISA Act. I think it should be abolished when it comes to U.S. citizens. There's another one. I got to look it up. I've written in the book. It's called the Entry Exit Border Exception Policy. I might be missing a couple words in there. It's an actual law. It's unconstitutional. And this is what it is. And again, I actually don't mind foreign nationals. So for foreign nationals, as far as I'm concerned, keep it alive. But for U.S. citizens, this should be abolished. And this is what it is. If you are a U.S. citizen and you are are we online, Eddie? Yes, we are. Okay, just want to make sure. So (laughs) if you are a U.S. citizen and you travel into or out, either one, if you travel into America, because I got searched both ways, into America or out. So we're talking the border, the border with Mexico. We're talking an international airport, any type of entry into and out. You as a U.S. citizen, you basically surrender your Fourth Amendment. Surrender your Fourth Amendment. So and that they- means there's no warrant, no anything. When you leave nothing. the country, if you're coming back in, they don't need a search warrant. And they can just take your cell phone and say, I want the password to this. And you have to, and you would legally have to give this to them. And so that's what the FBI does. The FBI will send a message to DHS border. They'll flag your passport. This is a U.S. citizen. They'll say, U.S. citizen, Eddie Smith, here's his passport number. You will enter into America or leave either one. Your passport will get flagged after you go through customs. You know, you're coming in. As soon as you get flags, DHS, they will have a message from the FBI. And it and it, it could include that or not. It's whatever the FBI wants. But if the FBI says search his digital equipment, they will search it. Even if you have zero evidence, zero probable cause, nothing. And they'll do that when you come in, which they did to me. And literally, this is where they humiliated me. Right when I'm about to board the flight, all the other passengers are lined up. And then two uh, two Customs and Border Patrol agents walk up to me, and they do they search me right in front of all the passengers. They go through all my stuff because that's considered like you know the enter and exit. I find it to be one hundred. It's unconstitutional. You don't do that to a U.S. citizen, and you got to surrender everything. And I, and I think we could all agree, especially your digital uh, equipment, that that's an intrusive search. I mean, of course they <laughs> patted me down and everything, but when they take away your digital equipment. And they go through everything. They they went through my money. They counted dollar for dollar. They like I had a notebook. They opened up the notebook and took pictures of every single page, every single page. I took took off my my sneakers, took off the soles of my feet, took out the laces. I mean, it, it's an it's an intrude in front of everyone. By the way, I mean, people all looked at me like I was about to get arrested. It's unconstitutional. You and and the FBI uses that. They don't need any evidence. No probable well, cause. What section nothing. of the Constitution is that? I mean, I don't understand how it's how it's possible. I, 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 again, I would I agree. With you and I, I would go. I'd go so far as to say that TSA is unconstitutional. Um, the fact is, is that they shouldn't exist. You know, if, they, if a private airport wants to have their own security, that's one thing. They have a right to do that, but the government does not have a right to search you without probable cause. 
and you getting on an airplane is not considered probable cause. Yeah, it's absolutely. So those two events, I at least have through Freedom of Information Act, DHS, they, ha you know, they, they wrote it. You were in, they, they redacted a lot. There's a lot redacted, but it's yeah. on record that I was searched in and out Chicago O'Hare Airport. And I said, I said, what was the reason? And there's a specific clause in there that says, if it is, because they didn't, they never said it to me, but it, if the clause says, if it is related to national security, we are under no obligation to tell you that it was national security. Mm -hmm. Like it was like, a, it was obviously national security. So that's why they said, sorry, we can't tell you the reason for, for why you did that or why we searched you. But, you know, I have the documents at least that I was searched in and out of the airport. Wow. I, have you have, have you heard of this, Nate? Is it a thing? No, I have not, but uh, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, that's, right that's now, the, there's so much so much that is going on just blatantly in our faces that are violating our constitutional rights. And again, so, I blame Congress because ultimately they have the ability to defund these agencies. They're our representatives and they need to be defunding any programs that are unconstitutional. And but so, the problem you know, is with Congress is that like a lot of those guys, as you know, which is part of the, your platform is that they're bought and paid for and, and you're not, right. and, and you're going to go in there. You're not beholden to anyone. Um, you can go in there and, and stand up for what's right and not give a damn what anyone thinks in the process. These guys, uh, you know, both Republican and Democrat alike, a, a lot of them are bought and paid for. Um, you have, uh, uh, FTX, who just recently, uh, Sam Bankman-Fried got found guilty on all charges, thank God. But what they don't talk about is the other side of that, which is the, the his partner. And his partner uh, that was involved with that was the one funneling money into the coffers of the Republicans. And it, it, Sam Bankman-Fried was the Democratic face of FTX. But there were others, I mean, Scalise and others that were receiving money and kickbacks from FTX and they know this, this is not, I'm not saying anything new and 13 of the 22 that didn't vote for Jim Jordan, a speaker of the house were money, uh, were people who received money from FTX. Emmer himself was one that received a lot of money from FTX and did not return it. He mm. kept very quiet about it. Yeah. And, and that, that kind of thing right there is the stuff. I mean, re remember when Obama created the law it says that Congress is no, and this is right after he became president. Congress is no longer allowed to do any insider trading. And I'm thinking to myself, well, this is right after Elizabeth Warren got in trouble and all this sort of things out. So the optics were there. And then he makes a law. It's like, hold up, wait, <laughs> when were they ever allowed to insider trade? So essentially what he did was a soft pardon. I like to liken it to a, a mayor uh, about a year back. He goes in and he's, and he, and he walks into a school board hearing and he's, he sits down in front of them and says, you know, I spoke to a judge earlier tonight and you guys have ex uh, exposed children to pornography and this sort of thing. And so I have the right to, 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 to file charges. And if, and if, if you guys don't resign your posts, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And everybody looked at that. Like he did something great. And I looked at that, like you traitor, you literally just told these people that we're not going to charge you. And you made it look like you punished them when, in fact, you didn't do a damn thing. These people exposed children to pornography in the school. <laughs> and, and you just said, OK, get off, get out of jail free card here. 
uh, you understand what I mean, how it looks like we're doing stuff when in fact we're not. We posture so much and we're going to investigate this. We're going to go after that person. And we argue a lot with some pretty big news stories out for a while. Uh, some time goes by, people lose interest in it. And the next thing you know, nothing has ever happened. Nothing. How do we fix that? Well, we're going to have to have, without a doubt, like I said, some sort of, you know, Article One tribunal. I, I don't think that we can have any kind of fixing of anything without an adjudication of what is constitutional and what is not. And more importantly, without uh, doing something to ensure that the executive branch, you know, and the judicial branch, for that matter, follows the law. Yeah. You know, if they're not following the law, then then all of it is a moot point. And, uh, you know, the biggest power that Congress has is the power of the purse. They're not using it. I don't know why they should. They should be using it. Well, we've just seen uh, Biden essentially disobey an order from the Supreme Court uh, when it comes to the college loan deal. They ruled it unconstitutional and he did it anyway. So is there some way he can be held accountable? And if so, why isn't anyone talking about it? Yeah, impeachment. Impeachment is the is really that's the only process you have uh, in order to hold the president accountable. That's it. There's only one remedy and it's impeachment. And, you know, I realize that they see it as a kind of a pointless you know thing because you don't have a Senate that would go along with it. But again, uh, you know, there's a couple of positives that come out of the impeachment process. One is there is an investigation. Democrats understood that quite well. That's why they impeached Trump, you know, even though they knew they weren't going to get him out. They voted they for 104 to votes to, to impeach him. Before What's he that? even became president, they had 104 votes to impeach him before he ever took the oath of office. He, before there was ever a rumor of a misdemeanor or high crime or any of that. They were already yeah. well, they, in they, motion they to understand. Try to they under, the Democrats understand something. You know, um, they understand the power of, you know, propaganda. And uh, and they they use it quite well. Uh, the Republicans, uh, you know, they don't seem to understand that. And I, and I don't understand why they don't turn that around and use it on the Democrats. The fact is, is that uh, they should be uh, absolutely impeaching Biden, bringing all of this to light, if for no other reason than to hurt his chances in the next election. Even if they know, you know, that it's uh, it's not going to go anywhere because the Senate isn't in the control of the uh uh, you know, and then the, it's not in the control of the uh, Republicans. The fact is, is that in the case of Biden, they actually have a legitimate claim. It's not, you know, a a bogus uh, impeachment, you know, uh, claim, unlike, you know, what the Democrats did to Trump. Exactly. And they're still trying, believe this or not, they are still trying to connect Trump to uh, Russian ties. And these sort of, they're even though everything that's happened is, is completely disproven that. They really, they still are pushing that narrative. I see it all the time. It's still to this day, I still see them talking about it. And so we need a we need a responsible media. And I think we talked about this in the past. Uh, I, I forget it was which one of you guys I was speaking to, but probably both of you. And I said it, but uh, we need to investigate the media. The media is the culprit. It's not the it's not, it's the head of the snake. Well, These who are the guys? Are? Yeah, well, yeah, Vanguard, BlackRock, uh, these types of people who obviously own everything, everything. 
I mean, I have, I have my, my, my old co-host, one of the guys that I started this with a, a, a long while back. He, he loved to talk about the, uh, the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and that sort of thing. And I was never willing. It's still, I'm really not willing to ever go down that road unless they actually have their name brought up in something. And I can point to them and say they did this or they were involved, but you know, their names never come up. Their names never come up. You never see them in the news or attached to a conspiracy or a controversy or anything like this, but we can point to things like BlackRock and we can Vanguard and other companies who's, who just about own everything. And yeah, and there, a lot. I mean, everything. there's a lot of monopolistic uh, type of behaviors with these companies. Um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I don't, David. Maybe you can answer this, but like, what is the FBI doing in regards to antitrust laws? Because I haven't seen any action by them in that regard in a very long time. Not really since uh, the the Microsoft cases when Bill Gates uh, was being, you know, and, and the uh, Microsoft was being looked at for uh, antitrust lawsuits. Do you remember that? Yeah, exactly. I'm not quite sure how the FBI gets involved. I don't know if that's white collar crime or, you know, it's dealing it, you know, where, where would we work that specific issue? That's a pretty interesting issue because like I said, I think these corporations and I work for two of them, I work for both Amazon in China and the Boeing company in China. Uh, this is where our capitalism and I'm a proud capitalist but it's changing. We're turning into what's called corporate capitalism. These corporations now are in cahoots with the government. They're taking away our control. They're killing small entrepreneurs. It, it is. It's change. It's not the capitalism. But what I also did, I don't know if you guys are in the private chat, but I sent three links in the private chat, which goes to the, uh, the, the, the border exception policy. And interesting, I just looked it up now, but there's an article where, and of course, this was after my time. This is in May of this year, May of 2023. It says a federal judge makes history in holding that border searches of cell phones require a warrant. So who knows? Maybe there's maybe there's change underway, um, which should be. But for me, when I went in there, warrantless. There's no warrant. And they went through everything, you know, and... And, uh, you know, besides my personal property and everything, we could all agree your digital devices is pretty intimate. You know, what, what sort of stuff you kept and, uh, you know, who knows what they were, there was like, they were like three hours and some pride. And, and that's another thing too. I couldn't even accompany them to, to oversee what they were doing. They take it in a private room and there it is. But I put in three articles right there to kind of explain what this is, but it looks like there is now pushback, you know, from, from some type of judges, which, which again, it's in violation of the fourth amendment. It's, yeah, I mean, if you really view what Trump did under his administration and really from history will probably tell a different story, but those people that he placed on our Supreme Court have done an amazing job. And I think that if we can actually get uh, cases in front of these particular Supreme Court justices, real a groundbreaking cases that we might actually see some real change that take place. I mean, Roe v. Wade was just the tip of the iceberg. There are other things that need to be brought before these guys uh, it, it, while we can. But I, I just I get so afraid of them stacking the courts, and, oh, they, yeah. and I, I think that they absolutely will do it. I don't think that they have any issue at all with stacking the court at all. No. Well, that's why we have to win both the House and the Senate. We oh, yeah. Cannot have, 
cannot have the Democrats get control because they will do it. Guys, I want to I want to play something for you. And these calls were made. I I, I think I let you hear one of them uh, uh, on our on our call, Nate, last time. But here's this is a new one, and um, it's pretty earth shattering, uh, to be quite honest with you. And this is a call. Let me preface it between Biden calling calling Hunter about the uh, classified documents he's in possession of, saying that. Uh, that essentially that law enforcement's not going to get off of that is asked about having them and then listen to what he tells Hunter to do with the red cell phone. Now, so that the listeners uh, are clued in, I uh, want to preface this by saying, you know what the red cell phone is, right? It's a, it's a, it's no, a, actually it's a, I don't. So it's, it's an encrypted cell phone. It's, it's okay. a, a cell phone that keeps everything private. And okay. it essentially is like the little secret cell phone deal. But uh, listen to, listen to what he says here. First of all, can you hear it? No. Okay, hold on. Let me let me bring it up. I was wondering if it would work without me bringing it over, but I want to bring it in, and uh, you'll be able to hear it. All right, so there it is. So... Hey, pal, it's Ted. Look, uh, I don't think they're going to get off my ass about these documents. I know that there's at least, I want to say, five more places... I can remember that they are. Listen, use the red cell phone. Call up Barack and Michelle. Tell them Operation Crash and Burn is a go. Now, this was just made public. That's why I'm saying I don't know if any of you have have heard this. No. It's been verified, but he said exactly what you think he just said. He said, tell Barack and Michelle that Operation Crash and Burn is a go. Now I heard I heard these calls first on Bongino's show, uh, but here I'll, I'll play it again for the listeners that may Bongino usually waits a couple of days. He doesn't like to put stuff out there unless he's confirmed. Yeah, this is this is confirmed. Listen, to, I'll play it again just so okay, the well, listeners can hear. Said, look, uh, I don't think they're gonna get off my ass about these documents. I know that there's at least I want to say five more places that I can remember that they are. Now, if your name was Trump and that happened, oh, you'd, uh, be arrested. you'd be in jail. I mean, th- th- there is no good way at all to explain that. Like, it sounds to me as a clear case of obstruction of justice, if nothing else. Yeah, he's telling them to destroy evidence. Yeah. And he's doing it with the secret cell phone that he said didn't exist. Now, when they went through and they were doing the investigation, they, there was a cell phone number that came up on financial statements for bills that were paid and this sort of thing. And then uh, there's a guy who came out and said, well, I, I was just curious because I was and I picked up the cell. Uh, I got the cell phone number and I called it. And Joe Biden answered the cell phone. So immediately upon hearing who was on the under, other end of the phone hung up. And uh, it just, it's so, I mean, this is nuts. The amount of information that we have on this guy of, of his absolute corruption. And it doesn't stop there, right? If Joe Biden is the first domino to fall, 
that leads right to Obama's doorstep, but it doesn't lead to Obama's doorstep prior to going through most of the Democratic Party because everyone who is out there yelling right now, there's no evidence, is in on it. They know. I mean, imagine how much more information they have that they know that we don't have, and yet they're saying what they're saying. They have access to a ton more than you or I do. So they know, and they know more, and yet they are out there saying, there's no evidence. There's no evidence. What do you have to say about that? Yeah, from what I'm thinking is this, and that is sometimes when these politics are going to get so competitive from different angles, meaning Republicans or Democrats, I actually think, call it hatred, call it, you know, whatever feelings you want, that I don't think many times they care about what was right or wrong or illegal or legal, meaning stop Trump, stop Trump, stop the. And I think this is the danger of our politics. We're going to, and our nation, as we're going to go, that we're going to get to the level of, where we are going to be less concerned with what is legal or illegal, and it's just that those people on either side destroy them or take them out. No, meaning th this is the foundations of civil war, where you're you're not going to be asking first, well, what was that legal or illegal? It's just defeat the other side. Mm -hmm. And now it's at a political level, but if it keeps getting higher in intensity, where is this going? This is not this is not something, you know, and in fact, it's getting so sad in America that, again, this is the president of the United States where we're sort of like, yeah, what's the next scandal? Meaning we're almost starting to get numb with like um, regular people yep. that we're almost to the point thinking like, yeah, we're probably going to go to civil war. Like like th this is getting to be almost it's not shocking anymore to us. Yeah, this is why I think Mockingbird is. Is still a thing. I think it's still in effect. I think the Twitter files proves to some level that it's still in effect. Um, yeah, I, and, and I, in fact, and in, in fact, like even to my story, like to anyone that doesn't believe my story, not one congressman or senator has has asked. It's it's as, you know, and and that was also something I learned with Boeing when I had the case in China, where we always believed that other countries are corrupt. Uh, especially third world countries are corrupt, but our justice system, our government and everything. But I'm thinking we're starting to realize that our system is falling apart in front of our mm -hmm. eyes. And mm -hmm. we're like, wait a minute. I thought American and especially again, my video to I never imagined in my life that the Chinese justice system, an American citizen, military veteran, I would get justice in China and in America. She wouldn't even let me uh, take it to, to, to court. So I think this is going to increase in America where we're going to lose trust in the system. And if you lose trust in the system, you're going to take violence in your own hand because you're going to take vigilante because you're not going to believe that justice is going to get served. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, and just in New York, there was a man that was robbed right out in the middle of the street, an older man. And uh, the guy who had, had a knife to him and he shot him. Well, the older man had a heart attack because of the incident. He wakes up in the hospital, handcuffed to a bed, and the person who got shot was being deemed a victim. And to this day, that's the old man is going to go to court and he's charged with first degree murder. And it's amazing to me that this is really happening. The rancher in Arizona who protected his property and and, 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 he, and he had the rifle and he shot the guy uh, is in prison right now. Yep. Guys, what, what, I, how do we fix this, Nate? How I, do we change these things? How do we, what do we do? 
I've, I've believed for a long time and I still believe it now that the only way that we can turn things around is there has to be accountability and transparency. Um, when when uh, Director Ray came into the FBI um, after Comey had you know damaged so badly the reputation of the FBI, I had high hopes. I thought, oh, you know, maybe Director Ray is going to you know open things up, have transparency, show you know how he's cleaning house, and nope, he sent out an email to everybody in the bureau saying, oh, we need to protect the brand of the FBI. And I remember thinking to myself, you idiot. <laughs> Don't you realize the brand of the FBI is already damaged? And the only way that you can clean that up, the only way that you're going right. to restore any kind of faith and trust in the FBI is if you actually have transparency and people who have committed crimes who work for the Bureau go to jail. That's no. exactly right. Uh, so so if they're not going to do that, then, uh, you know, then as far as I'm concerned, uh, they need to, you know, disband the FBI, defund them, whatever they're going to do. So I, you I have, create an I alternate, know. you create an alternate FBI and it's in its stead. You know, you already have, uh, you have other law enforcement agencies that exist that are nationally, uh, you got the U S marshals, you've got, um, you know, several others that, you know, probably people don't even know about, but they can do things um, and move, you know, some of those uh, responsibilities around. And then plus two, they're statewide you know, uh, law exactly. enforcement I think and the state, state, you know, the states actually have the jurisdiction to take care of like, you know, probably 99% of what the FBI is doing. Uh, the only reason that, that the, um, you know, the FBI exists quite frankly is because they're funded, you know, you defund them and there you go. You shut it down. It's and funny how many give, things get better when you defund them. Yeah. I yeah. hear it right now that they're actually uh, uh, talking about some uh, probable peace talks in Ukraine and Russia. Well, because I think that Zelensky is starting to see that the American people are done with funding this proxy war. And he, and he knows there's no long-term solution yep. here. So money. he's, he's going to start. Uh, now he's opening the door to, to peace talks with Putin. That was just yesterday. So, <laughs> I mean, this, this is the way you're right. You cut the purse strings, you hold people accountable, and you have a little bit of transparency. The problem is, is that when the coffers, uh, or, or the, excuse me, the, the the ranks of those organizations are so corrupt by the people taking payoffs, people involved in things they wouldn't want made public, transparency is something that they're absolutely scared to death of. So clearly, you know, con so this is where it comes down to um, Congress does not want transparency, all right? Or they, term they, <laughs> they've that's right. They've made sure that they don't have uh, that that FOIA does not apply to them. Uh, they're not susceptible to FOIA and FOIA or vaccine mandates. Did you know that they they were they got to buy on the vaccine mandates? Oh, it's it, yeah. it's uh, <laughs> it, and I think FOIA has some problems too. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I do. You know, there are some things that that I think um, are a problem, but. I'm for just generally speaking for anything that that uh, the government does, whether they spend money, whether they have conversations. I think there should be transparency. Um, I think that, you know, that's why I've made that pledge to, you know, record uh, any meeting that I have with a lobbyist and make it public immediately. And then I plan to virtue signal that and, you know, get all of my other members. Uh, your sound cut out there. 
I lost your sound. I don't know if you can hear me. I can I can hey. hear you, Eddie. Okay. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Okay. I had to I had to I hit the wire and unfortunately it's got a short in it. So um but yeah, so I think that until we have some sort of um you know level of transparency within Congress, uh you know, how can we how can Congress demand transparency from our you know, executive branch, if they're not willing to have transparency themselves. Well, Nate, what do you do? You're elected, right? Congressman Nate King, you're elected, you're sworn in. Day one, what are you doing? Day one, I'm going to set up a system so that any person, lobbyist or anybody that's that's coming in that has anything to do with money or appropriations or, you know, or anything like that, if they come into my office and they want to have a conversation with me and talk to me, it's going to be recorded and it's going to be made public immediately. I'm going to set that system up on day one. It is going to make it very clear to K Street that you're not going to come in here and bribe me. You're not going to come in here. And then, not, then I'm going to, you know, after a few months of doing that, I'm going to find out really quickly whether or not the lobbyists want to talk to me if they know that, you know, that, that I'm public. And, you know, and it to me, it's like it's a it's a win win because. It's going to expose who the real corrupt lobbyists are, and it's going to expose who the good lobbyists are. Because if you're a good lobbyist that's actually bringing forward ideas that are, you know, in the best interest of the American people, and we're recording it and we're talking about it, and you're just and going to going see on. that as press. That's all you're going to see it as. If you're a good guy, it's press. If that's you're right. not, you're not even going to want to sit down with me and meet with me. That's right. No. And I'm going to use that. I'm I going agree. to use it as a means of bringing the hammer down. And then the next step is I'm going to go to my member, fellow members of Congress, starting with the caucuses that I caucus with and my own party. And I'm going to say, look, guys, look at what I'm doing and look at how it is working. Are you willing to do the same? And my, I believe that the majority of them are going to say no. And they're going to hate my guts and they're going to be pissed off because I'm going to be wrecking their They're little system of power and control and money. And at the end of the day, I don't think that uh, we have to get new people that are not tainted by that money. Mm-hmm. So anybody that is part of that system, the McCarthy's, you know, the big, you know, the big uh, uh, fundraisers that raise all these funds from K Street, sure. those are the guys that have to go. And then, um, then that's those are the things that I can do. I can only do what I can control. Um, but eventually. You know, I'm going to make the appeal to the American people. I'm going to say, you know what you want? Look, look at what's look at what's happening in my office. Mm-hmm. I've got a completely transparent office. Wouldn't you like to see that in your representative's office? So I'm reminded why of you, why don't uh, you make the decision that you're not going to you know vote for uh, in your primaries, that you're not going to vote for these guys that are on the take. And, and then, you know, I'll probably see. Congress change. And that, that's my hope. Um, you, it, you remember Trump sitting down with Nancy Pelosi and uh, Adam Schiff. They were in his office. Was it Schiff or was it, I forget, maybe it may have been Schumer, but uh, they were in President Trump's office and the can- news cameras were there and everything. And they were arguing about whether or not there will be a government shutdown. And Trump goes right into it. And they're like, well, shouldn't we go somewhere private? And Trump goes, why are you, are you afraid of transparency? Exactly. Are you afraid? And, exactly. And, and I, you know, and I'll tell you what, that's, that is a hundred percent 
the power, you know, the power is not in the press. The power is in, you know, the, the, what do they call that? It's the power of public opinion, right? You know, the power of, of, uh, you know, the, the, it's not a court of law, but it, it is the court of public opinion. And so if you can get the American people to see what real transparency actually looks like and, and to actually believe, wow, you know, maybe this would be a good thing, you know, then they can start contacting their representatives and say, hey, why don't you do the same thing that Representative Nate Kane is doing? You know, what you're going to have happen. And, and this is the great thing about it, folks, is that, look, I don't care if any of these people are my friends. I really don't. That's the only I, attitude to have. You're only beholden to the people, not to the. I am. I care about that the people of West Virginia, and yeah. I'm representing them and their interests, and then I'm honoring my oath of office. And I don't care about any of these other people being my friends. Uh, you know, none of these other people help me get elected. The people of West Virginia are going to be the ones that help me get elected, and that's what matters. And as long as I can do that and I can have my integrity, then then I think that I can actually accomplish some things. But if I go in there tainted from the very beget from the very get go, if I have to, you know, be beholden to special interests and lobbyists and, you know, PACs and super PACs and all of that just to get elected, if if that's what it's going to take, then I know our system is done. Yeah. So this is I going to be wondered the- why you need a hundred million dollars to run a campaign anyway. I mean, really, what the hell? Are- <laughs> it's nuts to me. You well, know, Obama what Obama raised. Uh, $350 million for his campaign, right. for his presidential campaign. I'm like, what the well, hell are well, you? I, I can tell you this, that um, there, there are things that I'm facing right now where I'm being blocked. Um, I had a, a, you know, a speaking event uh, at a university that got canceled. And, uh, but my opponent was uh, scheduled after me, mind you, scheduled to go speak before, you know, my event that that got canceled Mm -hmm. um i have and i was canceled and told oh well it's because we're too close to you know to uh uh, finals but another university refused to let me come speak yet they'll let uh you know uh shelly more capito you know our senator come speak i have um what what prevents you from showing up anyway well i'm going to oh i am going to believe me i'm going to and I and I'm going to make that would it be clear. my advice because what I what I want to make clear to the students and go live when you're doing it, Nate. Have someone there and, and have That's it, great you know, on, on on Twitter live or wherever. Go live, it show tell them what you're getting ready to do. Walk in, have it all on the level, and then do yeah. it. That's you know, gonna be um, I have that's gonna be great publicity for you. And that that's a great idea. Um, you know, there's all there there's other people who. Um, you know, and I don't care. I call him out now. I call him out. Uh, Hoppy Kirchel. He's like, you know, really popular amongst a lot of the, you know, the people out here. Um, radio program refuses mm-hmm. to have me on. Why? Because he says, oh, well, you know, the only reason I let, you know, your opponent on is because, you know, he's the treasurer of West Virginia. And, you know, he'll have all kinds of other politicians on, but he won't let me, you know, come on and, and talk. Why is it? Why do I? I'll tell you why I really think what I think is what's more likely the case is that all of these people are afraid of Shelley Moore Capito. They're afraid of a very powerful senator and uh, you know who's involved in appropriations. So it's a, it is a system of corruption that already exists. I had a meeting planned with 10 business owners down in Grant County that ended up, all 10 of them ended up canceling on me. 
and they canceled on the day of the meeting that had been planned for a month. Why is that? Because they're afraid. They they know. I'm sure somebody you know made a phone call. I put out a press release about a parents' bill of rights that I had put out, and I wrote this. I got with my um, you know my volunteers. We went down, lobbied it to uh, the state legislator. It was very successful. We now have a state legislator who is sponsoring it and who has enough votes in the house to get it passed. We have four separate state senators wanting to sponsor it and it, and it's going to get passed, but we we submitted it through uh, uh, PR newswire and we even paid the extra money to get it submitted to all of the local newspapers for West Virginia and uh, the largest uh, um, publishing, you know, uh, organization. Um, my, my uh, comms director contacted her. They own 15 papers in West Virginia she contacted and asked if they were going to publish the news story. And they said, oh, well, we'll, we'll get it. We'll, we'll look at it and we'll let you know. She calls immediately back because she realized she forgot to give him her contact info. And she gets the assistant. And the assistant says, oh, um, you know, sorry, the, uh, the editor-in-chief is on the phone right now. He's not available. He's on the phone with uh, Shelley Moore Capito. So I'm getting blocked every which way that they can. But what they can't do is they can't block me from knocking on doors. They can't block me from walking on campus. They can't block me, you know, from going to these places and showing up. I had, um, I had a couple of counties where the county GOP, uh, every time we called and asked if I could come speak, they came up with some lame excuses to why, you know, either they, the meeting was canceled or, or they came up with some excuses for why I couldn't speak. So, so we said, you know what, screw this. We just went and we showed up and we showed up and then while we were there in front of everybody in the room, my wife, who's my campaign manager, she asked, so uh, will you let Nate come speak next week or next month? And, and got her, I could see the, the irritation in her face, but she had to say yes. So, so you know, that's what we're up against. Um, you know, I, I do have to, there are expenses, right, involved in, in running for office and but it's not, you know, you don't need a half a million dollars. You don't need a million dollars to run a campaign. Uh, you know, a couple hundred thousand is probably enough for size of our state. But the reality is, is that you do have a lot of people who are, um, you know, involved in this cabal. And, it, and it's on both sides. I mean, the Democrats, it's the Republicans. It doesn't matter. It's what it is. It's a system of control by those that are already entrenched in power. And they don't want to give that control up. So the so I'm experimenting right now to see if if I can run an honest campaign and get elected in this state. Mm -hmm. And if I can, and I believe I can, then you're going to see somebody in there in Congress who's already gone up against Hillary Clinton, already gone up against the FBI, who's already gone up against the DOJ, who's gone up against the threats from Russian intelligence agents, and who went up against the corrupt a ball, you know, that basically runs West Virginia politics. Patriots, I kept my promise, didn't I? And it only gets better from here. Nate Kane is a congressional candidate from West Virginia, like I told you at the beginning of this thing. That guy has the absolute intestinal fortitude to do exactly what he said he'd do. He's a man of God. He's a man of faith. He's a man of integrity who has values, who will carry those right to the Capitol. He's there to represent West Virginia, yes, but there's another America first voice in Congress, and that benefits all of us. So if you have the power to go into your purse and pull out $10, $20, please do it. Here's a guy who's up against lobbyists and special interest groups on K Street, uh, and he needs all the help he can get from anywhere he can get it.
So guys, we have promised to continue to make sure that we push for the right people and do the right things. And when I tell you this is that, believe me, it is. Anything you can do to help this man out uh, would be definitely something that would benefit the America First movement and America as a whole in the long run. Now, we have some other things we're working on. Like I told you, there's a third FBI whistleblower that we are talking to, someone who you know, not going to say his name yet because we're working out times and dates. But I did get a commitment from him to come on the show. So that's going to be an amazing one coming forward. We're also investigating America's for prosperity. People say, why? Why would you do that? They're a conservative, or, uh, a conservative organization, right? No, folks. They are a special interest mouthpiece. And they are looking to try to divide the conservative party. Like so many new conservative movements as of late that have turned on Trump and they they started a completely different narrative. And we're going to get into that in detail, in detail. And we have somebody actually on the inside who is able to deliver every single stinking detail. And we're lining that up and we're going to give it to you. Trust me, they're not who you think they are. They're really not who you think they are. And we're going to make sure you know who they really are. So, guys, as usual, um, the silent majority, you need to stop being silent and stand your ground. But I'm going to say one more thing before we get out of here. Folks, we have a new presence on Twitter. We're now running on Apple iTunes. We need your help on the platforms that we are newly uh, on, like Twitter and Apple iTunes. Um Go follow us everywhere you have the ability to follow us. If you have an X account formerly known as Twitter, go find us at The Patriots Prey. So that, that's how you find us. Our screen name is at The Patriots Prey. You look up The Patriots Prayer, we're going to be found. We're definitely going to be there. You know my logo. So uh, go ahead and follow us there. I mean, I'm on there anymore now more than anywhere because of the tactics I'm running into at Facebook. Uh, Facebook has uh, sought to limit our reach because they say we posted political ads. And I say that's funny because we're approved to post political ads about social issues. And they've agreed to this for three months. But they've been getting back to me for 48 hours for three months. So um, they intentionally have decreased our reach and kind of uh, put put us in quicksand over at, at Facebook. So we have redirected our efforts to Twitter and a, a few Facebook groups that I still actually go into, but there's no point in sitting over there and wasting uh, the time putting the information and the ads and all those things together over there when they don't even allow us to run our advertising anymore as a result of a mistake that they made. So uh, guys, come check us out on Twitter, show us some love, and uh, I guarantee you, And it's even better because it's a First Amendment platform. So I'm not muzzled. I'm able to give you everything uh, without no kind of barrier or guardrail or whatsoever. So I'm able to tell you the whole truth. We're able to talk about everything. And trust me, there are things that we couldn't talk about on Facebook. Things I couldn't post. Just like there are things I can't say on other platforms. But Twitter's not one of them. Twitter and Rumble, thank God for real First Amendment, real American platforms. So follow us there, please. Uh, We definitely need the support there. And one more time, as usual, 
the silent majority, you need to stop being silent and stand your ground. We'll see you next time on the Patriots Prayer Podcast. You guys have a great week. My people of this country and we're under attack.